Welcome to From the Magic Pencil, Voices of Writing Through. Our goal is to amplify the voices of people whose stories need to be heard. Hi, everyone. I'm Sue Guiney. This week on our podcast, we are once again joined by Martha Scarborough, a good friend of mine and one of Riding Through's most loyal volunteers. This is part two of our chat. So if you missed part one, don't forget to go back and check it out. We discuss all sorts of things in this episode, such as how it's been for her finally repatriating back to the US, her strong desire to work with the elderly, and how she took on the difficult task of writing her mother's eulogy. Thinking about culture of writing and things, it makes me wonder, now that you have moved back, you have repatriated Mm -hmm. back to the US after all of those years of living in other cultures, what are you finding vis-a-vis education or people's thinking or writing? Well, I'm, it's been, you know, like for everybody, it's, I'm not as involved as I thought I would be because oh, of, the of COVID. So the only thing that I've really gotten involved with is doing some ESOL tutoring. And the woman that I'm tutoring is from Ecuador and she really spoke no English. So we're just doing the basics. Really nice just to be able to talk with people that I meet, you know, that's nice. Can you, well, you're in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, Do you have a sense of what needs exist in the community? Well, I would love to do writing through with this ESOL group, English as a second language, because I think for the more advanced students, I mean, it would be great, first of all, because most of us are tutoring one-on-one. And I think once we can gather as a group, Mm -hmm. it would be, you know, like it is everywhere we do it. It just creates these great sense of community. We've been having this conversation, you and I, for a long time. And I always come back. What is so striking to me is the sense of community that is built by writing through. To me, that's just as valuable as the actual creative learning that goes on and the individual achievements that come out. Because of the way the workshop is structured, the safety that is created just creates a tremendous amount of warmth and support. And, you know, we just did the Zoom workshop for the high school students in, outside of LA. And these are mostly kids who knew each other. But by the end, they clearly felt so much more connected. They knew each other so much better right. because of the writing that each individual was able to do and then eager to share. And I think there's something about putting yourself out there, being vulnerable along with other people that creates safety. And that's when the good stuff starts happening. One of the things that you always talk about that I, I love is during the last session when we instruct the participants on how to present their work, mm-hmm. how to read it aloud with pride. You talk about the sense of space and making yourself bigger. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? I love that idea. Well, I come from a dance background originally, and then I trained to be an Alexander Technique teacher. And in both of those disciplines, we learn to be aware that this of the space we're in and the space we're moving through. And actually, that's all you need to do. You don't have to pretend to be bigger. It's more about noticing where you are and noticing what's around you, that you're connected to your surroundings. And somehow that sends a message through the nervous system of the people listening that is meaningful and 
allows us to present ourselves more comfortably and more accessibly. Mm-hmm. So it's not just us and the piece of paper and the shaking hands. Right. I also love it because it's such a metaphor for what we do in writing through in general. We talk about how creative writing can be used as a tool to let people think in new ways and discover ways to be in their world. Yeah, yeah. That they are part of a world and what part do they want to play rather than being in that their own little bubble. It's a good reminder as I'm, you know, like all of us going through this pandemic, I'm finding myself feeling, you know, kind of low energy because I'm not having enough connection in my life. That's right. Uh, So it makes you realize how vital any tool that we can bring that both within the workshop itself, there's so many levels of connection. There's the connection of you know, one's own interior to bringing that out. There's the connection of, you know, the mind and the heart Mm -hmm. and then the body when you're presenting. I mean, I think this is why the magazine is so powerful. It's not enough just to make the work and write it down. It's not enough just to think it. It's not enough then just to write it. It's not enough to present it to your colleagues and others. It's in a magazine that then people you don't know can see it. Right. Which is a really powerful metaphor to me about, you know, the things we put out that we don't know what's going to happen to them. And then it's not ours anymore. It goes beyond, it's not just ours. That's right. And I think that um, our students, no matter what age they are, you know, you think of something like a little magazine that we put at the end, we create at the end of each workshop, you think, oh, this is just a, a funny little thing, but no, it takes on great power. And we've had students who have repeated workshops the following year, come and say, oh, look, here's the magazine from last year. I still have it. And I've shared it with people. That's wonderful. And I was thinking about what you're saying about kind of getting out of the isolation and how debilitating that isolation is. I know that you're eager to work with the elderly. How do you see that connection working? Well, you know, to to help people honor their stories, My mother died recently and I wrote a eulogy for her. And for me, that was a very powerful exercise to take her story and think about it and put it in a framework that wasn't necessarily how most people in my family thought of her Mm. uh, because she had some mental health challenges. But when I really looked at everything she had done with her life, it was quite an amazing story. And especially because I think one of the negatives of Western culture is that we don't honor our elders. More and more, it's the 25-year-olds who are, you know, ruling everything. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I have anything against the 25-year-olds. Some of our favorite children are 25. (laughs) That's right. Uh, So for them to get the space to think about their lives in that way, although that's not what we do. I mean, we tell we do mostly fiction and poetry, although now with the journaling, that's wonderful too. But, you know, I want to hear those stories. I want to give them a chance to, I mean, it seems like it's sort of a figure of ridicule and that as an older person, you're encouraged not to, oh, in my day, you know, we lived in a shoebox under the lake, you know. Nobody wants to hear it. But well, that's one of the the joys of working with fiction. And that's one of the reasons why I write novels Mm -hmm. is that you could take your experience, you put it into somebody else's body and Mm -hmm. mind. You objectify what you have seen in your own life. It becomes different. 
Mm -hmm. and you're able to see it more clearly yourself. So you get lessons from your own life that you maybe didn't realize when you were experiencing it, but when you turn it into fiction and you have that much more distance, it changes. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I would love to work with older people because I want to hear those stories. I want to know, I'm 65, I kind of want to know what's coming and how they're handling it and what what's important to them and you know that sort of country that lies ahead of me mm -hmm. I, I read that dementia during the lockdown in nursing homes sped up exponentially people were confined to their rooms and general I mean this is I think what happened with my mom I mean she was 97 anyway but you know, three times a day, she would get on her walker and take the elevator down and have a meal and then go back up. And then she wasn't. And then she was bedridden. So it might have happened anyway, but it certainly seemed like a quick drop. So I think that those connections in a positive way, you know, that having a framework that's positive and creative and safe, you know, not about them as patients. Yeah. And giving them a continued purpose. That's right, right. one of the societal differences in the U.S., as you mentioned, versus a place like Cambodia or Vietnam or even Singapore, where the elders are revered yes. and they continue to live with you. The multi-generational household exists and those stories and that purpose continues. Yeah. Whereas here, you get to a certain age, you know, you're shoved aside or somebody that you don't know takes care of you. And very often you become isolated from who you were mm -hmm. and it's easy to forget who you were. And that's something that we in the West don't do very well at no. all. Because the West is so focused on productivity. No. Yeah. So being able to connect with some seniors, I think would be wonderful. That would be great. I'd love that. In Japan, the grandparents, their job is to sweep the yard to, like every day. That's, That's great exercise, actually. Great exercise. It's, you know, the yard's a little. Um, no, even but, so. Right. And they're bending and they're doing little important tasks that contribute to the beauty of the family's life. Yeah, that's beautiful. Could you talk a little bit just about your own personal relationship with writing? It was interesting what you said about writing your mom's eulogy, which must have been very difficult. But is writing something that you ordinarily have, you've done all along? I'm actually very phobic about writing. I mean, people think of me as a, I think, as a pretty like brave person. Yeah. And I'll do this with anybody, anytime. But if you had asked me to write it, I would put it off and put it off and put it off until it was too late and I wouldn't do it. I just, this is my mode of choice. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's something I've never really been able to overcome. Uh, I don't know Even why. Though you can it's teach it. my eternal critic. I mean, I wish I had had writing through because I love when I participate in workshops, you know, mm -hmm. when I'm there as a participant, I love it, but I wouldn't do it on my own. So well, when you sat down and you did something as difficult as writing the eulogy for your mother, so I'll tell you how I did it. My best friend's mother died five days before. And we, my husband and I went down to help her with all the funeral arrangements and sort of do the hosting so she could actually participate in the funeral. Her mother died on a Sunday and my mother died Friday night while we were still, this was in my hometown. And then my husband and I left to go up to Massachusetts and Erica, you know, had been, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, I hope I can do something for you. So I called her and I said, okay, you can do something for me because she's a novelist. 
and an editor. So I said, help me with the eulogy. So what happened was in the drive back up to my hometown with my husband so we could repack and go to my mother's funeral, my husband very kindly, I was driving and he got his phone out and he said, just give me phrases. Tell me what you remember about your mom. And he wrote them all down on his phone. I sent it to Erica and she sort of said, here's the themes I see. So she actually wrote something. I'm a really good editor. I love editing. It's the judgment stuff. That's why I can't write, but I love editing. I love arranging things, but I don't like a blank page. That's not my strength. You know, with my little community around me, I was able to, once she wrote something and I could look at that and say, oh, no, no, that's not it. Then I, then I was fine. But aren't I lucky? I have two novelist friends. <laughs> but, no you know, problem. actually what you did was you brainstormed. Right which is the key to, to what we do. Right. You know, it sounds like, you know, you had the horrible prompt of the death of your mother, unfortunately, but right. out of that, you unlocked and brainstormed. And I, I will say that when I really need to write something, the, the brains, I always go to there first. It's good to remind myself of this. I know I can do it. I mean, I wasn't nervous about doing the eulogy. I knew I could do it. I just, you know, you never know how you're going to get there. It worked. And afterwards, all these people came up to me and, you know, it was... And that's because of writing through, I think, to a large extent, you know, that I could ask for the help that I needed and take my time. I mean, I had a few days to do it and get it how I wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. A lot of people share your fear of writing as if it's this horrible hurdle that you can never get over, but demystifying it, making it just like a normal thing and giving you the tools really helps. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about, we tell people, okay, we're going to write poetry. Very often, I don't even tell them in advance because yeah. I want them to show up and they go, oh my God, poetry, I can never do it. You know, And then everybody's writing poetry. Right. People who they, they never thought that they could do it. They never read poetry. They didn't know what poetry was, but poetry is a fabulous way of accessing what you really think. And I will also say, you know, that as I was looking through my magazines and there were several where, you know, they were year on year workshops, especially the Cambodia one, to see the growth in one year, how much more comfortable they were coming around. So I think, you know, just this idea of practice, you know, partly because I don't, I don't have to write in my life. So it, you know, I don't ever get over my fear of it. Right. I'm sure if I did it more often, I would eventually. <laughs> right. So that's why we always, you know, we urge our partner organizations to bring us back because we know for a fact, we've seen it, that the more often you do the workshop, the better you get. You had a poem that you said you'd like to yeah. read? So this is another Filipino woman from the home workshop. And HOME stands for Humanitarian Organization for Migration Economics. It's by a 26-year-old woman. It's called A Mother's Love. I am born in this world with love and happiness. You gave me everything. Love, comfort with respect. You raised me like a flower blooms. I feel your love like a fresh air in the morning. In every step I make, your smile keeps on your lips. Your support is like a mountain high. I make mistake, but you keep holding my hand. In my achievements, you're the person who's very proud. You're my eyes when I couldn't see. You're my voice when I couldn't speak. You're my strength when I was weak. 
You're the only person I never forget. I love you, mama. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, the, the culture of Filipino women leaving home, leaving their families, leaving their children, leaving their parents to go abroad to make money and send it back. It works, unfortunately, for the families. But it's, yeah, financially, exactly. But what a sacrifice it is. It's a huge yeah. sacrifice. Yeah. And it's not a sacrifice that those women often will discuss. Yeah. On the other hand, I, when I read the work of the Filipino women and just the Filipino people that I've known, there's such a connection to the heart. You know, you could read any of the, these poems and they're all about love and romance. You know, you can see as you look at the magazines, what's important to the culture. When I read through the Cambodian ones, it's all about rich and poor. It's all about survival right. and moving out of poverty. It's interesting because these are not folks who are thinking, oh, I need to be original or, oh, I need to come up with something clever. They, they're just speaking their, from their hearts. That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Martha. Like yeah, I said, we could talk fun. forever, yeah. but this has been fascinating. You know, thank you for bringing the work to read to us. Thank you for telling us about your own personal experiences with your mom's passing, and but also with your expat experiences and then moving back to the States. The closest I'm ever going to get to being on fresh air, right? <laughs> Where am I, Terry Gross? <laughs> That's so right. I thank you. I mean, this is, you know, I do look forward to getting more involved in it, you know, locally and in all the other ways. So, yeah. So. Well, we're working on it. We're getting more partners connected with us and more and more workshops. And thank goodness, actually, for Zoom, because yeah. we, can, we can reach more people this way. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. You too. We are so grateful to Martha for taking the time for this chat and to you for listening. Next week, I'm really excited because we'll be back in Cambodia and I'll be talking to my lovely friend and former student, Run Ri. Run is an incredible guy with such an interesting story, so you definitely won't want to miss that episode. Here's a little clip. It's really been a journey and a life journey and such an adventure, but looking back to where I was and where I am now, I'm just happy, you know? Something that you thought to yourself that you could never come this far. If you are enjoying this podcast, please make sure you are subscribed so you never miss an episode. If you can also spread the word, that would be so helpful, as word of mouth is still one of the best ways for us to get new listeners. Rating and reviewing really help us out a lot. So thanks so much. And thanks for listening. Bye. From the Magic Pencil is a collaborative product of the staff and volunteers of Writing Through, including founder and executive director Sue Guiney and deputy director Kristen Schuster. It is edited and produced by our operations coordinator, B. Rice. We would like to give special thanks to our interns, Rachel Walkman and Eva Phelps, without whom these podcasts would not have been possible. If you are interested in donating, volunteering, or partnering with Writing Through, or just finding out a little bit more about what we do, you can check out our website 
at www.writingthrough.org. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, or email us at info at Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Ever onward. <laughs>